Good evening and welcome to Get Real with Ralph. I am your humble host, Ralph Nudy, coming to you live from the studios of AM 1050 WLIP in Kenosha, Wisconsin, and simulcast live from Kenosha to the Canary Islands and all across the world via our YouTube channel. Just go to GetRealWithRalph.com to see the stream. That's GetRealWithRalph.com. So are the American citizens stuck in the middle right now in a big costly battle between the President of the United States and the House Democrats? No matter which side you're on, we're all stuck in the middle and we're paying the price because the country's work isn't getting done and instead we're spending countless taxpayer dollars on what really is a political food fight and nothing more. We're going to talk about that in great detail uh, as well as talk about how the hearings shook out the first week of publicly held hearings. We're also going to talk about whether or not the commander-in-chief is in fact the commander-in-chief or whether they have to follow predetermined rules by the military they preside over. I would think not, but we're going to go into detail on that. Special musical guest this evening, Stephanie Denoma of the band Denoma. She's going to be here in the the, uh, studio with us. And we're going to play a little bit of her music and talk about how the band came to be. And uh, you're going to hear some great music. Also... Today is the 50th anniversary of the release of Abbey Road, so we'll have a little bit of uh, Abbey Road Q&A and and some facts and a little bit of music as we are coming in and out of our breaks. Buckle your seatbelts on, and if you're watching the game at home, turn the sound down so you can hear us, because you can see Green Bay losing without having to hear it. Good evening, and thank you for tuning in to Get Real with Ralph. I'm your host, Ralph Nudie, and we are. this is the 24th of November. We are currently watching the Green Bay Packers in the second quarter here. They're down 10 to nothing against the San Francisco 49ers, and we're going to be updating you as we, as we go on throughout the night as well. And, of course, as always, I have my partner in crime, Mr. Yeah. Jim Selovich, on the other side here. How are you doing, Jimmy? What's happening, Ralph? Good. I, I'm feeling empty over here. Like my right arm is gone. Well, yes, we are. We we are missing Luana this week. She will yeah. be back next week. She's down in Chicago, uh, taking care of some things, chasing dreams, man. Chasing That's dreams. She's, she's wonderful. She uh, texts me. She goes, "I'm not going to be there t- tonight." I'm like, oh, "What?" I'm like, "What?" I know you're heartbroken. I you're am. used to her being over there on your lap now when you I, run well, that board. Pretty much, you know. It's you, you, 
it's uh but uh, she'll be back soon so i just want to be a shout out to luana and say hello absolutely and it's been nice having her around a yeah, little, little comic relief in between the serious yeah, subjects and, absolutely uh, yeah, she's she's uh, becoming a but, uh, uh, very capable but, member of this but, team. But things are great. Uh, had a, another show today at the Sixth uh, Street Theater. Crinkle uh, the musical. Crinkle the musical. Another sellout. Standing ovation at the end. I'm getting I'm getting big head now. This is kind of it's kind of neat. Well, don't don't it's let kinda, that, don't let a, the head get too big, Jimmy. No, no, not at all. If anybody really knows me, know that's not possible. I'm planning on uh, I'm planning on going next week. I got as soon as we get off the air tonight. Tickets. I got to get tickets because they're selling what, out quick. They're selling out real fast. So we got. Uh, uh, 18 in in all, so we just did, uh, let's see, we did eight. We have 10 more to go, 10 more performances. So That's that's a heavy performance schedule. Yeah, it is, it is. Sixth Street Theater in, uh, in Racine, overheadplayers.org, if folks, you want to get tickets, but leave one for Ralph. Overheadplayers.org. Over Over and I, based on the other stuff that I've seen Jim do, I know that it's going to be a fantastic show. I'm looking forward to seeing it it's this week. You have, what, fun. two more weekends left of it? Yeah. yeah. So then we, got, we, we have a Wednesday performance, but that was bought out by the Hiawatha Bar and Sturdivant. They bought the whole theater out, um, and they're going to um, be drunk. I guarantee that. <laughs> they're going to be drunk. And then Thursday, we have, I think we have a special performance for O&H Bakery. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, they always throw their, uh, their annual party, and we're going to be... Uh, <clears throat> rubbing elbows with the Kringle people. We're actually going to be announcing to the people that work in, in our real estate office that we're going to have our company party at the um, at our performance of Miracle on, on 34th Street. Oh, so, nice. When is that open? You uh, guys open soon. Yes, that opens December 6th. Okay. So uh, our opening weekend will be your final weekend, that's, correct? That's correct. So we're 6th, 7th, 8th, and then we're also the following weekend. Okay, well, I'll get to catch it. So then. this is great. So, I'm going to get to catch yours the weekend before our opening weekend. Your opening, you'll I'll be able to catch, catch yours the weekend after, after. After I close. So, but yeah. my amazing little 7-year-old daughter, Evangeline, is going to be playing Susan, which mm-hmm. is the whole reason that I ended up in this show. It's my first my first stage production in 27 years. Oh, and I thought you. it'd be cool to get a little part. And yeah. It'd be really cool to play Fred, the, the lead, but I, I right. didn't have any expectation of getting it, and right. I did. Nice. And I've gotten more than I bargained for because it is a very, very difficult it's a monster. show. It's a it monster. is. It's a big show. A lot, lot of musical acts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there are fifty-eight musical numbers in it all together. Wow. Which uh, that, that includes bumper music and everything else. Sure, sure. But it's structured as an old radio play. Right. And it's based on the original cast of the original Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street movie, going to the Lux Theater and doing it as a radio play. Mm-hmm. And it's in that spirit that they created this with the little commercial jingles in between and, and, and all the right. songs. And it's, uh, it's fantastic. We spent probably eight hours uh, Saturday with a uh, extra rehearsal that we all just voluntarily went and worked on it. And, and I'm glad we did. And I can tell now it's shaping up to be what right. it's going to be a, a, a it's really It's just amazing show. when you go through rehearsals and you go through workshopping everything and, and just to see exactly – you know, it's like, my God, can we do this? You know, obviously, it does come uh, does come to fruition. It does come together. Always does. It does. It always does. But yeah. there's always that moment where you're afraid it's not going to. Yeah. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, you're like, you know, hell week. You're like, oh my God, this is amazing. And uh, same thing with music too. We'll and talk to Stephanie a little bit about that. We too. will for sure. Because yeah. there's it, it total it totally mirrors, you know, uh, what actors do and things. So we'll, we'll talk about that. Any in a any sort of performance arts. It's all it's all yeah. very similar. Yeah. And if you're, you know, if, if you're a budding uh, actor at any age, whether mm-hmm. you're eight or eighty, and you think you want to go out there and, and try your craft out, uh, uh, you know, community theater is a great way to Absolutely. do that. 
and uh, it's very forgiving. You know, mm-hmm. you, they're not expecting you to be on Broadway, but it's still good quality entertainment. And uh, there's, uh, they just had open auditions for Little Shop of Horrors over yeah, at, Rody, at the Rody as well. Yeah, they're doing that. And yeah, yeah. Uh, they have some really good cast members. Mm-hmm. I, I, I tell you, we, we, we have some new talent that's coming to the Kenosha area this year. That, and, that's very, that, and that's fantastic because it, 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 we just need more talent there. And not that there isn't talent there, believe me. There's a lot of talent around. But, Tons. But uh, we need, you know, we need fresh faces and things as such. RoadieCenter.org if you're mm-hmm. looking for tickets or information for auditions for the, uh, for, for the local yeah. show here in yeah. Kenosha. Now, of course, I'm going to talk about your favorite subject after we come back from the break, the, okay. this current president and these impeachment hearings. And if, uh, if you think, if you're out there listening, you think you can make a compelling case for why this president should be removed from office, and uh, you want to you want to spar with me on that? Please call. Phone number is two six two six nine four ten fifty. It's also on my Facebook page. I, I put the the number out there two six two six nine four ten fifty. And and I'm going to talk about why mm-hmm. I think that he shouldn't and ca- go into some okay. detail there as well. And of course, we're going to be talking with uh, Denoma. We're going to be talking music. We're going to be talking about the fiftieth anniversary of uh, Abbey, Abbey Road, Road, probably in the second hour. And uh, some local news as well after the break. So that's where we are. Uh, Again, that number is 262-694-1050. We'll be back after this break. Message and data rates may apply. Individual results may vary. Exclusions apply. But hey, I'm buying a huge flat screen TV so I can finally see it without my glasses. Why not just get LASIK at the LASIK Vision Institute? That's what I'm doing. Uh, My glasses and contacts are a pain. I'd love to finally get rid of these, but who can afford LASIK? You can, because the LASIK Vision Institute is offering dramatically low prices and an absolutely free consultation. Just text VISION33 to 350350. The LASIK Vision Institute has already performed over a million procedures. They use the latest FDA-approved LASIK technology that helps the majority of patients achieve 20-20 vision for a fraction of what others charge. Better vision, better value. The LASIK Vision Institute. Make this the year you finally get LASIK. For a free consultation plus an extra 20% discount, text VISION33 to 350350. You'll see for free if LASIK is right for you. That's VISION33 to 350350. Hi, if you're looking to buy or sell a home in southeastern Wisconsin, Connect with one of the top real estate teams in the entire country. That's the success team at DXP Realty in Kenosha, Wisconsin, where Ben or Ralph can help you along with all of our team members on any of your real estate needs. If you're looking to search online or find out what your home is worth online, go to our website, 262kenoshahomes.com to check it out. That's 262kenoshahomes.com or call 262-656-7171. Are you looking for the hottest places to have a dinner date or the coolest places to grab a drink and appetizers with friends? Well, 262 Eats has it all. 262 Eats is a local food show that features the best the area has to offer. Watch Ralph Nudie as he samples the food, interviews the owners, and takes you inside and behind the scenes of the favorite places of locals and travelers alike. Be sure to like our Facebook page and subscribe to our YouTube channel to win prizes, gift certificates, and get special discount offers. That's 262 Eats. Believe me, 
Coming in with Old Darling off of Abbey Road. This has got to be one of my favorite albums of all time. When you told me it's the 50th anniversary today, I was excited. I think I know every word to every song on this Mm -hmm. album. As a matter of fact, I think uh, I had a lot of firsts uh, to the music of this album, if you know what I mean, Jim. It's a little too much information there, Ralph, but uh, congratulations. Well, you know, I mean, Come Together was just such an exciting song and had so many different meanings for me by the time I was like 17. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Uh, You know, it meant steamy windows and all kinds of stuff. I have very innocent memories of of the Beatles. Uh, Me being older, because I'm an old guy. Uh, my mother used to work uh, in the school systems, and she was assistant teacher. Um, and <clears throat> he had this young uh, teacher just out of college. And this is like the late '60s, around this time, around '69, around that time. And she brought me over to this person's house while they put together the the lesson, you know, the you know what they were going to talk about in school. And she had all these Beatles albums. And I sat in the living room. I have vivid memories of this playing Beatles albums. I mean, at six years old, five, six years old, I'm putting it on, you know, putting the putting the needle on the record, not scratching anything, being very careful with it, listening to Beatles music. Oh, yeah, I remember having my mom's yeah. collection of 45s, and there was, mm-hmm. the Beatles were her favorite group, yeah. and I had very young parents. They were I, only 19 years yeah, older than I, me, so they were, they were teenagers practically right, when right. I was a young kid, and uh, they had really good mm-hmm. taste in music. And yeah. So my, my early... My early introduction to the Beatles was stuff like Revolution and Hey mm-hmm. Jude and all, all the good 45s. And I think I knew half the stories behind those songs by the time I got to sixth grade. Mm-hmm. And growing up in the 80s, not everybody was a Beatles fan. It was no. kind of a, an anomaly. And I had younger parents than most of my friends, so mm-hmm. none of my friends wanted to listen to their parents' music because it wasn't quite as interesting as that. How about you, Stephanie? Did you uh, you listen to the Beatles growing up at all? Were they, uh, I were did, they an influencing yeah, musically? I was yep. a staple in the household. Nice. What else was? Um, let's see, a lot of things actually. It's a big, broad range of stuff we've listened to. Stones too. We're always Stones big... too. Mm-hmm. You know, I always have the Beatles versus Stones argument. Mm-hmm. Which one is better? And I guess if you go from a statistical standpoint, it would be the Stones because they just made so much more music. Right. But if you went on like a batting average, mm-hmm. I think it'd probably be a little lower. Because I don't think the Beatles made nearly as many flops percentage-wise of the music as the Stones did either. Yeah. But, well, I think the longevity will have something to do with it because they're the Stones have been going through decades. Yeah. You know, exactly. the ups and downs. They, you know, the Beatles didn't have to perform during the disco years when when everything. Yeah, what is would they have done? Pointed over. I don't know. I'm kind of glad they didn't. You know what I mean? And it always seemed like that good guys versus bad guys. Yeah. It was like you know the it's, bad boys. You know, and and that's the thing with me, the Beatles and the Stones. It's with me, it's it's basically um, what mood I'm in. Yeah. If I'm in the mood for the Beatles, or I'm more of a mellow mood, a little you know, kind of you know, kind of kick back and kind of chill out, you know. But if I'm I'm just if I'm angry or I'm just like you know agitated or something, I'll put the Stones on so I can go around and do the rooster like uh, Mick Jagger around <laughs> the house and throw out my lips and do all that. I'm stuff. getting a really really bad mental picture there, Jim. Of you doing the rooster? Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to do it on I'm camera. A great mental picture of this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How about you? you ever done the rooster? Oh, of course. I don't think I've ever. You power get, slides every night you, before I go to bed. You, you need to see Stephanie perform. She I is am looking forward to it. Absolutely amazing. I'm looking forward to jumping into it and talking all about yeah. your music and, and yeah. as we go to. And I definitely want to see you perform. Jim has been raving about how wonderful you guys are, and I mm-hmm. had a chance to listen to some of your music online, and uh, it's pretty exciting stuff. Thank you. The live is where it's at. 
It's uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, Packers course. are still losing. Still losing ten nothing. Nine minutes left in the second, and I want to talk about these impeachment hearings. Yeah, this let's last talk about week. that. Did you watch any of them? No, I don't watch it. I, unfortunately, I did. Mm-hmm. First of all, for those of you listening out there, we've had forty-five presidents since the, the the founding of our current constitution, starting with George Washington. Out of forty-five presidents. Two have been impeached. One resigned from office in the Mm -hmm. midst of impeachment inquiries. Andrew Johnson, who uh, followed after Abraham Lincoln, was impeached, but he escaped conviction by one vote. In the entire history of our country, the impeachment process has been used to remove eight judges from office total out of our entire country's history. That's it. It is not a process that is successful by design. The framers, the, the, the founders of our country, the people that wrote the Constitution, were careful enough to have a process that could remove a president for high crimes and misdemeanors. That meant that if a president took a bribe to do something, especially if they took a bribe to do something that wasn't necessarily in the country's best interests so that they could enrich themselves, if they committed treason against our country, if they did something to really hurt our country, they could be removed. But other than that, our political system is the best system for determining who is going to remain in office, and we have elections for that. The idea... And this has been going on now more recent than ever, but the idea that we're going to use political theater to remove presidents from office, I've seen it happen. It's happened three times in my lifetime. I've seen it happen twice because I don't remember the Nixon uh, inquiry. And quite honestly, Nixon resigned from office in disgrace and out of everybody who ever deserved to actually be impeached, he was probably the only one, the only one. Bill Clinton was impeached when I was uh, when I was in the military, or maybe right after I got out of the military, and I was not a fan of Clinton. He was not a guy that I voted for, but I also didn't think at the time even that he should have been impeached. I thought that the premise of uh, the premise in which he was questioned in the first place was a faulty premise. That that investigation probably went on too far, had too wide of a scope. And when they started asking questions about his antics in the bedroom or mm. the Oval Office or wherever else his antics occurred, I didn't think that those questions were appropriate for determining whether or not he should remain in the Oval Office because they had nothing to do, nothing to do with how he was governing our country. Now it seems like, and it's not just in the White House, it's you know our governorship here. We had the same thing with recall elections. It seems like this political... Uh, hatred that goes on between parties is so intense that as soon as an election is over, the the, the party that lost is trying to remove the party that won from Mm -hmm. office as soon as the election happens. And none of the people's work is getting done while all of this, all of these impeachment inquiries or whatever else it is that seems to be happening goes on. We deserve better as voters. Yeah, you got that right. We deserve to have a government that works for us instead of working for itself. This is why Donald Trump was elected president in the first place, because the man came in with the idea that we deserve something different when it came time to 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 make policy, that we deserve to have work actually getting done. And despite the fact that a lot of people don't like what comes out of his mouth, myself included, the fact of the matter is, when it comes to policies, 
the man is doing exactly what he told the American people he's going to do. He hasn't wavered. He hasn't committed any high crimes and misdemeanors against his country. I don't care what anybody says. I've heard the, the argument about the emoluments, I can't even talk, emoluments clause of the Constitution because his hotels have been used. Big deal. I don't care. From the day this election was over, the congressional Democrats have been trying to remove him from office by any means necessary for any excuse they can think of, whether it be Russia collusion, whether it be Stormy Daniels. No, no matter what it happens to be, there's always a reason. And this latest round, I feel like they just closed their eyes and said, let's push the button and do it because we're running out of things and we're getting close to the election and we're afraid he's going to get reelected, so let's do what we can. It smells as an act of utter and complete desperation. That's all it is. Now, I want to go into the facts and into some of the things that happened this week in these inquiries. Because as I was watching the... um, I was watching the hearing. There were several officials that that testified. Uh, Volker being one of them. Um, I'm trying to think of who. Uh, that was the uh, <clears throat> that was the guy who worked at the White House, right? Or Correct. Right. Yeah, Tim Morrison. You had Kurt Volker testifying. Mm-hmm. You had uh, Lieutenant Colonel Vinman. Jennifer Vindman. Williams testified. I did not see her testimony. I saw all three of the other testimonies. And here's what I took away from it. Number one. A lot of people who work for the president of the United States are pissed off at him because he's not following proper protocol. True. Now let's think about that. He's not following State Department protocol, and he's not, he's not pursuing the foreign policy that his employees are telling him he should be pursuing. This is why he's president. This is precisely why he's president, because the people that are career employees have been telling presidents what they can and cannot do for far too long. I would rather a president make some mistakes, honestly. Not that I think what he's doing is is a mistake in this case, but I would rather see some presidents make some mistakes than have a deep state that's so powerful that the elections don't have enough consequences, that the American people really don't have a say-so in how their country is run because the CIA knows better. Mm. I don't think that that's healthy for our country, I think the longer that that goes on, the more generations that that continues, the less of a republic we have, the less of a say-so the American people have in what's going on. Right now what we have is the inmates are pissed off because the warden changed the menu. And it's, it's not right. There has been nothing, nothing in the way of direct evidence linking this president to what they're calling a quid pro quo, which means that the president is offering something in exchange for gaining something for himself. Now, quid pro quo is Greek. It actually means this for that. It's that simple, this for that. And a quid pro quo in and of itself isn't illegal. Presidents have been using foreign policy and foreign aid as a a source of leverage to get other countries to do things that are in the interest of the United States of America for a very long time, and especially since the Mm -hmm. end of World War II. This president had, whether the, whether the belief is, is real, whether the belief is accurate or not, this president has indicated a sincere belief that a former vice president was involved in corruption. He has a sincere belief 
that his campaign was spied on by the previous administration through various efforts, and now those beliefs have really come to light, and it's been documented that a lot of the stuff that that this president said that everybody claimed was off the wall has turned out to be true. He was spied on by his political enemies. He was prosecuted by his political enemies for being their political enemy. And one of those political enemies that, that was spying on him, persecuting him, and engaging in corruption is the former vice president of the United States. On top of that, the former vice president's son had a job at a, at a company, a state-run company in the Ukraine, making millions of dollars and offering almost no value in exchange for those millions of dollars. And that makes one wonder, how is it that Hunter Biden is on a payroll in a field that he has absolutely no experience in by a federal government? And how is it that when it gets investigated, the former vice president of the United States can brag, literally brag on camera, and and I've heard him say that they're not going to get their foreign aid if they don't discontinue this investigation. That's what happened. That is, by definition, what mm. corruption is. Stop investigating my son, or we're going to cut off foreign aid to your country. And yet, not a word was said about it by that administration or by Congress at that time. Now, here we are three years later, and along comes the President of the United States, who hasn't been left alone for three years. And he literally says, to the new president of the Ukraine, I would like to see this investigated. I believe a crime has happened. Now, it just so happens that Joe Biden is running for president of the United States, so I guess that would make him a political rival. But my question is, if you're my political rival, Jim, does that mean you're yeah. immune from any sort of investigation or prosecution by me because I'm, I'm the, I, I'm I, the executive? I, I, I hate this whole press. I hate everything that's going on right now. I mean, it's just it's a big power struggle. And it's just back and forth, and who gets hurt in the end? Just always look at it, and it's us. We're getting hurt in the end. We, we always get hurt How in the end. How many millions of dollars you are being wasted? You can't tell me anybody truly this? cares about us. No. They don't. They don't. Either side. Adam Schiff is a clown. It's, it's either side. It, it's, it's a, it's, like I've said many times before, I'm, I'm just living till I die. I, I, I mean, it's just, I'm just living here in this country till, till it's over. We have a political process in place. This guy can be defeated at the ballot box if you feel that strongly about oh, it. Sometimes that don't work either. It doesn't always work. No, doesn't. But you, the idea that we're just going, I mean, is this the new normal that every time a president gets elected, the other party is just going to investigate it's, them out of, until, they, until they find something? It's this petty BS, and I'm, I'm, sick, I'm sick of it both sides. I'm sick of it. I, the, you know? They need to take that argument to the voters, and they need to do their job. Right. That's what they need they to need do. They need to do what they're getting paid for. To and, do. and they need to stop they need to stop this process of so being so obsessed with giving the other side a win that they won't let anything positive happen under the other side's watch. This is happening in national politics. It's happening in state politics. Mm. I'm going to talk a little more uh, later on about state politics and school safety because that is one of my one of my right. big subjects that I'm on and I'm going to talk to you about a, a bill that got defeated simply because of politics as well. But this has got to stop. Mm -hmm. We have to keep demanding better. And you know what? We have to keep electing outsiders, yep. even if we don't like what they're doing. And we, we're we going to have to break some of the system a little bit before it gets better. So I know we're uh, we're getting close. Are we getting close to break time yep. here? I, sure. Uh, so uh, if, if you want to weigh in on this, if you want to give me a valid reason why you think that in this particular case here, this president needs to be impeached, that he committed a high crime or misdemeanor against this country, when we've never had that happen with the other 44 presidents. I would sincerely like to hear from you, 
10.50, back after the break. Joan was quizzical, studied pathophysical science in the home. Late nights all alone with a test tube. Oh, oh, oh. Maxwell Edison, majoring in medicine, calls her on the phone. Can I take you out to the pictures, Joan? Bang, bang, Maxwell Silver Hammer came down on her head. What a song, and who would have ever thought that that song would be relevant in today's educational environment in southeastern Wisconsin, where teachers have to worry routinely about being assaulted by students, and students have to worry even more about being, being assaulted by one another. Great song, but it leads me to not such a great topic, and one that I've been covering here on Get Real with Ralph over the past uh, six months, uh, ever since we really started digging into the murder of, of Kaylee Juga mm-hmm. and the fact that we have a violence problem in the Kenosha Unified Schools. And, of course, last week we had Andrea Powers on talking about how her daughter was assaulted. And since then, uh, this this past week at Horlick uh, High School, a male student, a six-foot-tall male student who identifies as a female, mm-hmm beat the tar out of a very small, petite female student. And now I'm wondering, is it going to get reported? Because I know that it happened. Is it going to get reported to the police? Hmm. Is this is this male student going to be charged and treated like any other male who is violent against women? Or is he going to get treated like he needs a break because he identifies as a girl? I have no idea. Hmm. But all the excuse making, all of the all of the crap that's going on, where kids are getting a free pass for being violent needs to come to an end. Mm-hmm. I can tell you that. There was a law, and we were talking about politics and how politicians don't give each other wins just for the sake of not giving each other wins. There was a, there was a proposed law. There's a bill in 2017 that was proposed by uh, uh, State Assemblyman Jeremy Thiesfeld from Fond du Lac. Mm-hmm. It was called the Teachers Protection Act. And... The reason that the bill was proposed is there was a teacher in the Milwaukee area who was severely assaulted in August of 2017, and uh, Representative Thiesvelt wanted to have a way to uh, protect teachers when administrators refused to. One of the problems we have with administrators is they are so worried about the U.S. Department of Education, they are so worried about funding and what uh, does and doesn't hurt funding, that they won't report things as they're actually happening. And so what the Teachers Protection Act would have done at the time was it would have, number one, shielded teachers from any disciplinary action for reporting crimes. That's a big deal because there's a lot of pressure, administrative pressure on teachers to not report crimes and to let the administrators handle it. And the reason for that is once a crime gets reported, it's statistic, it, it's a statistic. Mm-hmm. It's a statistic that, that, that hurts, hurts the school's numbers. In addition to that, that act would have required that police departments notify the school district anytime a student who's a member of that district has been arrested, and it would require the school district to notify the teacher that they have somebody who's been arrested in the classroom so they know if somebody's violent. The district must also report any assault on a teacher to the police. It would have been a requirement. 
Now, I think they should have added any assault on anybody. I think it's student-on-student violence and student-on-teacher violence should both be regarded the same way. So I'd like to see some changes to it if it ever gets reproposed. But it would require assaults on teachers uh, to be reported to the police. It also allowed for a teacher to immediately require a 24-hour suspension for a student if they felt that that student was a threat to them, regardless of what the administrator said. I can tell you from being married to a school teacher that oftentimes uh, students will make threatening remarks. They will act aggressively. They'll be sent out of the classroom only to be sent back 15 minutes later and uh, talking to apparently was enough, even when the person who's in the classroom and saw the incident knows it's not enough and that student is disruptive at the very least and, and violent at most and needs to be removed from the classroom. The problem, the biggest problem with this bill was the objection by the teachers' union, by WEAC, by the Milwaukee Teachers' Union, by the Kenosha Teachers' Union. They strongly objected to this, and they used the excuse that they didn't want to see more students entering into the criminal justice system. My argument is they've already entered the criminal justice system when they start assaulting people. If they didn't get caught at school, they're going to get caught somewhere. And we are doing them an incredible disservice by not letting them know immediately they're going to be held accountable. And we're doing an incredible disservice to the other students in that classroom who are thinking about becoming violent when they don't see that the the student next to them had serious consequences for their actions. The real reason this bill was defeated is partisanship. It was introduced by a Republican. Here we go again. Partisanship. Here we go again. I would like to see, and, and I've talked to several of our local legislators, and I actually have some meetings planned with, with uh, one of our local assembly people as well as with a school board member and a school board candidate. And I want to know, if it, get in, if it gets introduced by somebody with a D next to their name, will the other people with a D next to their name support it? And can a person with a D next to their name and a person with an R next to their name maybe sit down like they used to in the good old days mm-hmm. and work out details of the bill and find what are the things that we have in common that we know can go in it and what are the things that are an absolute non-starter? Can we take the non-starter items out? And can we start putting together common sense bills that have nothing to do with what letter is next oh, to hang, your name? Hang, hang on. So did you say common sense? Common sense. Is that even a thing? It is a thing. Uh, We're I mean, exercising I mean, it I mean, here. In, 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 in any type of government? We have to force it on them. We have to force common sense on people. That's what we're living in right now is is a world where we have to force common sense on on people. Well, the alternative is not forcing common sense on them and and having this madness continue on. Madness is right. I'm in fear on a daily basis. I fear for my wife. Mm -hmm. I fear for my kids. How do you you send your kids to school Mm -hmm. and and, and, and worry about this? It's crazy. You know, these kids walk around with their cell phones, uh, getting on the Internet, communicating with each other, Snapchatting each other about mm-hmm. little flash mobs where they're going to go beat somebody up. All day long in school, they're having their entire private communication system in place, and they have a better communication system in place than, than the people that work there do. Right. Because nobody has the wherewithal, nobody has the guts to tell them, you can't have those in the classroom, you can't even have those in the school building. I'd like to see that get added to a law. I don't think there's any reason at all for a student to have a cell phone in a school. No. Nope. None. And I hear the excuse, well, what if they need to call home? Well, you know what we did? What we did walked, we have to do back We walked to the day. office, and we waited in line, and we called our mommies and right, daddies. Right. And they, you know, we told them that we were sick or that we wet our p- little pants or whatever mm-hmm. it was we did. What are little pants? 
I did you wet your little pants? I did not wet no. my little pants, no. but you know, okay. I know people that did. Okay, yeah. Whatever it happens okay. to be. Okay. And uh Schmerling over there is raising his hand. He must have wet his little pants. That's, that's and a uh lot of information. Sorry there. to hear that. And uh what whatever it is you need, you can call there's no reason for them to be sitting on Snapchat communicating with one another. And let's face it, there mm-hmm. is no mechanism where you're actually going to be able to monitor whether they're using that phone for something appropriate or something inappropriate, and right. we shouldn't be wasting our time discerning between the two. Yeah. It, it, at best, I would like to see locker areas where they have to go in the locker, and if mm-hmm. it's not a locker, it should be written should be a written policy that is confiscated and there's nothing the parents can do about it. I think it should go right into a phone shredder. Maybe if you make them buy enough phones, they'll stop. They'll stop doing it. Yeah, there's just no reason for it. But again, a, a a legislator steps up and tries to do something about it and gets smacked down because he has the wrong initial next to his name, and nobody wants yeah, to give the other side a that's win. That's the bad part. It's just it, it, it's disgusting behavior. Yeah, it is. Hey Stephanie, how are you? I'm good. You good? Yeah. You what do you think of all? What do you, you think of all this madness? Anything to add? You've been like yeah. listening very yeah, patiently. On, uh, and I know you're a music person, but don't yeah. be shy. Don't be shy. She's like, I'm not. Yeah. I don't want to offend half my audience. No. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a smart thing if you're an entertainer. <laughs> Trust me. Um, oh, I can't pretend like I'm not offensive. But. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's. <clears throat> I mean, just uh, these personality problems that these kids are having nowadays too. Uh, they they say that's one of the causes, or, or you know these kids just they're you know <clears throat> oh, kids these days yeah kids you know back in my day kids were a lot different they get smacked without you the know. real truth is kids aren't different society has changed yeah. society is allowing Absolutely. kids to behave differently and children thrive with structure mm-hmm. children strive with rules. Well, if, and children thrive with love. They need all three. You can't have just one and not. Well, have if, you, if you if you got a kid who who's causing problems and they do have personality problem, they do. I mean, there's an act that's out there, the Education for All Handicapped Children Act of 1975. That's out there. Right. Which means that you know, every handicapped child is entitled to free public education and this and that. So you can't really expel them. We don't have to expel them from school as a whole. What we have to do is when a child is disruptive, we have to mm-hmm. remove them from the environment where they're disrupting kids who are not handicapped. Right. We had emotionally disturbed classrooms when I was a kid. We'd walk past and shake our heads because there was always a kid losing his mind. I mm-hmm. remember thinking, wow, I wouldn't want to be in there. Right. But they had. that didn't mean that those kids weren't getting an education. No, they were. What it meant is we weren't. We weren't disrupting everybody else's education mm-hmm. for the sake of giving them an education. And there's, there's plenty of, uh, of reasons to assimilate kids who have learning disabilities but don't have behavioral problems. Plenty of reasons why you should assimilate them into a regular classroom, mm-hmm. and, and, and I'm all for that. But once a, once a child shows that they can't function without being disruptive to the process, they need to be removed from from where they're disrupting. It, it, you you can't you can send them to another school. We have an e-school system in place. Heck, what's wrong with a laptop and a set of headphones for the kids when they really can't function with somebody else? There you go. You, they, they've got their free education, mm-hmm. and they're not disrupting your child's right. free education. We're coming up about ten minutes before the hour. Uh, if anybody wants to weigh in on this, uh, who is listening? Either subject two six two six nine four ten fifty is the number. We're going to visit with uh, Stephanie Vote. From Donoma, play some of their new music. Exclusive, folks. We have an exclusive here on WLIP, yet to be released album. First time the song is going to be heard on the radio. Yeah. That's pretty exciting stuff. It is exciting.
It is. And and get real at Ralph is gonna make it happen. We are. We're making all kinds of dreams come that's, true. That's here, what aren't we, we do here. That's what we do here on well, WLIP. That's what we do. But um so folks, if you do want to give us a phone call, two six two six nine four ten fifty is the number. Now my last my last serious topic before we get to the top okay. of the hour here is uh the Navy Secretary getting fired. Did you see this? Yeah, I did. We do have a caller. All right. You're on. This is Ralph Newt. You're on Get Real with Ralph. Hi, this is Jim from Racine. Hey, Jim. Hey, Jim how are you? Hi. Yeah, all this cell phone use. <laughs> um, many years ago, well, not that many years ago, but I I had a bar. And I got so sick and tired of people. Um, they were rude, you know. Uh, first, we had a policy. Uh, if you're on your cell phone when you come up for a drink, you just ain't going to get served. You know, that didn't work. So I had a friend of mine who was technology savvy put a jamming device inside the building no kidding that only worked inside the prop you know inside the premises so no one's cell phone would work they would just get a bunch of static and 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 this and that couldn't schools put some kind of a jamming device and we had a pay phone in there if somebody had it and this was long after bell quit uh you know having pay phones i had my own personal pay phone that i bought on ebay and it was hooked up to the regular landline phone system. And if people had to make a call, like call a friend or call a cab or whatever, and our landline worked, that would all work fine. But nobody's cell phones would work anymore. Not to mention it, they could probably step out and it'd work just fine. Well, yeah, they could. Yeah, it, once they got outside, it, it would work just fine. In fact, the guy who put it in, he, he's since passed. But um, the guy who put it in says, as long as you do it on your inside your property and it doesn't, expand out into the public area you know like onto the sidewalk or mm-hmm. whatever you can do that and and it worked just fine it worked inside the building and not outside and uh the device i believe was installed in the basement we had like antennas and wires hidden behind fixtures and stuff in, inside well, that and, sounds like that sounds like a james bond thing you got going on it, there a little jamming device well, now do you still have your bar no no i sold it uh a few years ago, because you know, the building itself was a money pit. But anyways, gotcha. And, well, and I, and I got so sick of this, and and it worked well. And, and oh, the phone doesn't work mm-hmm. in here. Well, just like when you're in a hospital waiting room and stuff. Uh, one time, I tried to use mine to call somebody. You know, sure. for for it had to do with uh, with the health. Condition. Right, right. So, so your so, so your suggestion is that we uh, just put, put a, a put a jamming device, device on and uh, right. this one school. Okay, okay. So nobody's phones at work. Sounds great. Okay, Jim. Hey, thanks for the call, buddy. We're coming up on top yep. of the hour, Bye. but uh, thanks for the call, pal. Appreciate yep. it. Bye. Yeah, there's uh, one yeah, thing. Yeah, of course, device. we can't do that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if that's allowed. I, I don't or not. think we can. Not not in public schools. Yeah, I, I have no idea whether that'd be allowed I'm, or not. I'm I don't sure. even know if that would be allowed by the FCC to jam jam cell phone signals no, no. or not. But it's uh, a good suggestion. It's, it's, a, it's a good suggestion. Definitely one worth uh, looking mm-hmm. into. Um, what I was going to talk about before he called is uh, the Navy Secretary Richard Spencer has resigned at the uh, request of Defense Secretary Mark Esper, and the reason for this was uh, the President, again Commander in Chief, required them, gave an order to restore the rank of the Navy SEAL Eddie Gallagher. Who had gotten his uh, gotten demoted because he was he had a picture of him taken next to uh, somebody in, in a forward mm-hmm. operating area, and uh, the president determined it wasn't his. It really none of the rest matters. The commander in chief said, "Give the man his rank back," mm-hmm. and then they decided they wanted to hold a hearing to remove his trident patch and not make him a seal anymore. And the president said he wanted that fixed, and they they gave him flack for it, so he just fired the uh, navy secretary. 
This is what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. The person in charge, the person, the, the American people don't elect a president subject to the rules of his underlings. It's the other way around. This is, this is a problem. Bureaucracy is a problem. Mm-hmm. Static, I call it. Static, where you can't get done the things that you need to get done even when you win an election. doesn't matter whether you're a governor, a mayor, a uh, congressperson, a senator, a president. This is happening all over the place. Everybody thinks that term limits would solve the problem. Term limits might not solve the problem because you have staffers that are in Washington for generations. They're there for 15, 20, 30 years. They're the ones that are writing the bills. These, these congressmen don't even know what's in their own bills because they don't have the ability to do anything except constantly run for election and kind of sort of guide things a little bit in their direction, whether it be a little right or a little left of current policy. But they really can't make any radical changes, and they really can't get things done the way they want to. And finally, a man ran for president who said he wanted to, as he put it, drain the swamp and change things and do things his way, and he's not being allowed to do so. And it's not that's not partisan. That is just the system trying to preserve itself when the people have spoken up and said that they want something different from that. So that is uh, that is about all I have mm-hmm. on, on that subject you know, regarding the president, and I think it ties into the impeachment. It ties into this, this other bill that we talked about. But that's what's going on out there, and we need to start paying more attention as, as citizens of this country and start demanding better, and we need to start demanding that our politicians, instead of listening to their staffers, mm-hmm. listen to the people who put them there, Right. And let them know that they have our permission to do that, that they're not right. going to lose their position, that, you know, all these threats that you're going to be embarrassed, that you're going to be impeached, that you're going to be outed for not following protocol. Us as 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 the voters, as the constituency are, are not going to stand for you being treated that way if you've made us promises and we've elected you to carry them out and you're doing the business of carrying out what we've asked you to do, right. whether we, we agree with every single we, one of those decisions we, or not. We have to speak up. But we have to be informed. Yes, you have to be informed. How do you get I, informed, Jim? Uh, what you know, honestly, with, with I, all I the look fake at news out there and all the. I mean, it's hard. Even to get the major informed. news networks, you have three, you have three networks yep. who want the president dead, and the third one kissing his rear end. Uh-huh. All right, all four of them are wrong. Where are you getting fair? Impartial no, so get to. Exactly. news is going on. So where? How do we get informed? I, I, Put on I, C-SPAN I, and actually watch what they're saying mm-hmm. and come to your own conclusion. That takes a lot of research, sure a does. lot of time. Uh, or listen to me. I'll tell you what's going on. You don't even need to listen to the news, folks. Just tune in Sunday nights from eight to ten. Alexa, go to RalphNudy.com. Sorry, wrong one. Alexa, <laughs> Sarah. <laughs> Alexa, go to GetRealWithRalph.com. <laughs> there. Hopefully you're at home and you're listening to us now on, on your uh, Alexa That's as well. I, I always wanted to do that, yeah. just give an Alexa command over the radio. There you go. There you go. <laughs> just listen to us, folks. You don't need to listen to the news anymore. All right. After the break, we're going to talk some pop culture and music and make sure that we're yeah. having a little more fun now that we now that we dealt with all the doom and gloom of the week. Sound let's, good? Let's get serious with some good fun. All right. Well, good fun. Good, good fun, good music. How about a little Beatles, man? Absolutely. All right. Maxwell stands alone Painting testimonial pictures Oh, 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 oh Rose and Valerie Screaming from the gallery Say he must go free The judge does not agree 
back here in the studio, AM 1050 WLIP, or GetRealWithRealph.com. This is Ralph Nudie. You're listening to Get Real with Ralph, and this is the 50th anniversary of Abbey Road. Yeah, and this uh, this week, back in 1969, it was number one album. Crazy. I was minus charts. three years old. <clears throat> I remember it well. The shortest when, when track I... the Beatles ever recorded is on there. I bet you can find it, Her Majesty. You gotta, you gotta cue that up if you can find it, Her if Majesty. I, if I can find it, I got some. There, there, there's some funny facts about Her Majesty. Yeah. Well, speaking of music, speaking of music, our musical guest is here. She is. So we are going to give a very warm welcome to our musical guest, mm-hmm. the wonderful Ms. Denoma. Say hello. Hi, guys. Stephanie Vote. 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 Stephanie Vote. Ah, gotcha. Yes. Yeah. I'm from Denoma. From Denoma. Stephanie Denoma. Yeah. Like your stage name, basically. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> so how did you come up with the name? Um, I, You know what? I can't remember the, the details. I think we found it uh, in a book or somewhere um, and found out that it was an Omaha term for a sight of the sun, and that just struck light with us. It was a, you know? it was a what? A sight of the sun a is the meaning of the, of the A sighting? Like, like, a sight, like... Um, brightness. Like the denoma. The sun, you see the light. Got it. Yeah. You see the denoma. Yeah. Got you. Who came up with it? Um, I think it was a collaboration between our drummer and uh, bass player at the time. And... Gotcha. Now, your website, I uh, I pulled it up so that we can take a look at it and tell all of our fans about it, is denomatribe.com. Yes. That's D-O-N-O-M-A tribe.com, denomatribe.com. Yes. Uh, tell me a little bit about your band members. You have uh, five five members in your band? Five members. Okay. Yep. So, um, we're a five-piece rock band with a uh, violin. Um, Who plays the violin? Uh, Nick. Nick. Nick Campolo plays violin. Nick Campolo plays violin. And uh, tell us about your other members, who they are, what they play. Uh, so you're kind, of, you're kind of in you're in influx right now, aren't you, with the band, Is with the lineup? I'm sorry? Are you like in influx with the band right now, or you're lineup uh, changes? Do you have lineup changes changes going on right now? We're we're working through a few things. Working through a few things. I know that you know because I'm I'm a little bit closer to you know to you guys, and I Mm -hmm. follow you. And and by the way, the other night was absolutely great. Oh, thank you very much. Fantastic. If folks, if you haven't seen Denoma in 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 live, you need to, because I I just uh, I'm I'm such a fan. When's the next time you're playing live? Um, we're gonna be over at um, McAuliffe's. Um, in Racine, actually, on the 14th of December. I okay. love McCall's. It's a nice for little Blake venue, Fest. and yeah. it's yeah. very close to home for me because I'm on the far north side of Kenosha. Oh, is, is it? Which is is not the one downtown though, is it? No, not the one no. downtown. Okay, the so one it's by the one George, south. There's that Georgetown. Yep. Right yeah, the Georgetown there. right by Yeah, right off of Meacham. Uh, yep. Ferraro's Pizza. Is that right Meacham there? there, or is it Ohio already by the time it gets it there? Is, I think it's Meacham. It's 22nd it Avenue in Kenosha, because, which becomes Meacham, which right, becomes Ohio. Because it's yeah. uh, still Mount Pleasant. Yeah, and if and you know, I hope. I and hope that's right on Meacham and Taylor, and... right? Right on X. Yeah, right there. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, but the goal is to bring blankets and you know donations for the homeless mm-hmm. for over these cold times here. So. Oh, wonderful. Mm-hmm. wonderful. Yeah, you guys always do something for some type of charity or some type of movement. Or, we try or to, yeah. Such. yeah. JJ puts this together every mm-hmm. year, McAuliffe, and uh, he does a wonderful job at that stuff. He's been such a good... I've seen a lot of good bands there. It's a great venue. It's not too it big, uh, but it's big enough that mm-hmm. you can get the full effect of the sound because mm-hmm. sometimes you have too small of venues and right. you, really, you, you just get drowned right. out. Right. But it's, it's a great spot. Yeah. Now, how long have you been playing together as Danola? Um, a little over 10 years now. It's been 10 been years. Playing, yeah. yeah, I guess that's about right. A lot of music, I'm sure, in 10 years' time, huh? Yes. 
Yes, we're actually getting ready to put out our third album. Okay. Um, and which, that's what we're going to be playing some tracks off of tonight? Yes. Okay, all right. And what's the name of this third album? American Rust. American Rust. Mm-hmm. What's the meaning behind that? Um, it's really, I mean, this one we have a more, the difference between this album and the albums that we put out mm-hmm. the two in the past is that um, we were trying to look a little more outward. A lot of, between the first album and the second is more personal based and okay. feelings and mm-hmm. of that thing. And this is uh, more in the nature of what's going on in the world today and, okay. and our personal perspectives, on, you know, trying, so to, little, trying to get in other people's shoes. Mm-hmm. Little social commentary on your part? Yeah. Gotcha. What, what, what are the issues that, that mean the most to you as a, uh, as, as a human being as well as as a musician? As a human being? Um, sure. What are the things you like to sing about? Oh, let's see. Call attention to. I guess it, dep- it depends. Um, I do. I really enjoy trying to put myself in somebody else's shoes and perspectives. Like we do have a song on there called Maria. Mm-hmm. Um, We're going to play that later. Yeah, that would be great. Um, which is about a woman who's crossed the border over and is trying to make herself in society and um, the hardships that that come mm-hmm. along with that. And um, what was nice about that one, or interesting about that one, is Maria kind of actually became kind of this hero to me as I got to know her a little bit more and got to write her story. So this is a story about a real person. Uh, she is now. <laughs> no. Gotcha. I love it. So it's a person you've created. Yeah. It's through through the. Through, through knowing other people and their struggles, mm-hmm. would you say? Gotcha. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, I definitely like to, uh, th- and that's on the new album, right? That's on the new album. Uh, the, we're going to play your first track, uh, Rust Belt Tragedy. All right. Uh, would you add a little background on that song for us before we um, go into it? Yeah, actually, when we first wrote that one, everything with this whole album, everything morphed, and we put a lot more thought into each song to try mm-hmm. to not do the typical verse, chorus, verse, chorus, mm-hmm. and we wanted to get a little more... You know, be musicians, musicians. Yeah, rock and roll yeah, with this yeah. album too, um, and our to our core. And um, yeah, I think when we first started writing this one, it was sounded let me say like Misfits and mm-hmm. oh, I can't remember. <laughs> oh yeah, it was Chuck, we were laughing because it was like a Chuck Berry mm-hmm. meets Misfits kind oh, of a cool. thing. And very nice. Um, now you're talking my language. I love <laughs> I love when you can sit back and actually find your own influences in your music after you wrote it. Yes, and, and actually it ended up changing to be something completely <laughs> different. It didn't even sound remotely close to what we started out with. Um, but yeah, I'll I'll, right. I'll have musicians in here and I'll listen to their music and I I will comment on influences I can hear in it. Yeah. And most of them like it. Some of them almost you you almost see them get a little offended, and and they shouldn't because you know it's like drinking a wine and telling mm-hmm. you all the other underlying flavors. Really you know beautiful. there are there's music that you've heard that you don't even remember hearing that's going to influence your 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 writing oh, process. Absolutely, and it, and it's so cool to hear that. And sometimes you're so in your own. Uh, you're in your own space that you don't even recognize that something influenced you until somebody else listens to that song. And and I, when I say it, I mean it as a compliment or you know coming from a good place. So as you're listening, I'm going to be listening to see how many other influences mm-hmm. I can hear in there. All right, I'm curious to hear. All right, All right here, here we, we go. go. Let her roll. Just better getting by There's reasons enough For a man to cry 
like they're hit a record high. Everybody look good and sleep well tonight. Skies will be clearing. We're going to bring it to Stephanie now, live from the Rust Belt. There's a lot to unpack there. That's a great song. One word. Wow. That's that's freaking awesome. That's I really, really enjoy that. I like the way it started. I like yeah. the way the, I like the middle. Message I like the finish. Oh my god. That's like a and that's putting yourself in other people's shoes and just kind of bring it like you said before, and that that's that's heavy. Thanks. Really heavy. In a very good way. Now that's how you open that album up? Yes. That's the first one. Mm-hmm. Where did you record this one? Um actually with our, our friend Miko out in racing here. Um, I always have trouble with that thing. Uh, but he's actually, we did a song with him, Suck Me Dry, for our Falling Forward. We did a Kickstarter campaign mm-hmm. for that. Gotcha. A few years back. And um, he recorded a song, Suck Me Dry, uh, that we had released for um, participants of the Kickstarter. Um, and we just absolutely loved the feel of mm-hmm. all of it and what he did. And working with him has been great. And he really managed to capture that like live rawness that we've been looking for. So I, I still have my Denoma patch from that. Oh, excellent. I, I had these pair of pants, and I, I, I fell, and I, I it like ripped open my pant, pant leg. So I put your patch right on that. Oh. So it's like right on my, it's on my, my left knee on these pair of pants that I have. <laughs> so I just had to. For many, many uses, to say that. many yeah, uses absolutely. for the patches. Absolutely, absolutely. So um, the, the process of recording. Yes. You, how, how do you like that? You, you love recording? Because I talk to a lot of musicians. Some musicians are like, oh, man, you know, <laughs> hey, I go into the studio. I got to uh, lay down this. Okay, what are we going to do now? I'd rather just play out. And then the other ones are just like, yeah. Get me in that studio. I love both. They're two separate entities. When you're in the studio, you're sitting back, and there's a you think a little bit more. It's and more of a creative process yeah. Yeah, than a performing process. Yeah, yeah, I don't think I could be a studio band, mm. you know, purely. I would go crazy, but I, I do enjoy taking a break for a while and getting in there. and mm-hmm. um, Yeah, just that whole creative process is a lot of fun. How long did it take to, to create this album all together? Let's see, I guess we started last spring. And ended about this spring, so almost a okay. year. About a year. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Your live performances are are great. I guess I gotta say. And I was talking to you know your dad Bob. Well, at the show, is that you're not like I'm gonna warm up a little bit, then I'm gonna go a little bit crazy or this or that. You really don't plan. Right from the beginning, you're in it. <laughs> I know, seriously, girl. I mean, I'm just like you know, and it's like your whole. Bu- 
it's like you're almost I don't hate to say we're possessed, <laughs> but but there there is this certain energy that you just and and it's not fake either, you know, because a lot of people, you know, it it is is real, it's genuine. You're really getting me excited about seeing them. Oh my god! I've, I've been had some people for... actually come up to me after shows like, "Why do you make that face? What face are you talking about?" <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's, I mean, as a compliment, I mean, you are just so so in it, and it, it's 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 electric. It really just you know, it, it's it's great to see. Again, I'm a fan. I've been a fan for years of years. <laughs> when were you, when were you in your first band? When when um, did you start performing with bands? Uh, I guess I started out solo acoustic for okay. a while. Um, playing guitar. Yep, playing guitar. Got it. Um, I would fell around a couple of my friends and be like, "Can I open for you at you know so and so place?" Um, when we first started. Let's so this it. is your first action. So you went from being acoustic solo <clears throat> to Denoma? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and I've never been in tw- anything. You were 20 when you started, obviously. Cause, mm-hmm. yeah, okay, got it. And mm-hmm. uh, how long did it take you to get together? Did you do mostly covers at first? Uh, like, yeah, most. well, I, I guess it's mostly been original. And mm-hmm. then I'd throw covers in here and there like sure. we kind of do now. Yeah, you got to throw a couple of covers in to, to like suck people in and get them interested, yeah. and then you hit them with an original. And <laughs> plus, I I explain to musicians, and I am a musician, that non musicians need covers to get a frame of reference to understand how good you are or aren't, for that matter. But in your case, how good you are because they don't have enough musical knowledge to evaluate an original. I think it makes it, it, a lot of people it, comfortable yeah. to hear something that they're familiar with before jumping into unfamiliars, but. Big thing that we try to incorporate with our shows is if we're going to do a cover, it has to mean something special. Absolutely. You know, and um, we try to base the what our choices mm-hmm. around that. You know. And I love when people take a cover from one genre and play it in a different. Yeah. A- a- as opposed to trying to cover a song the way the original artist played it. I'm yeah, going to make it your own. Yeah. Oh, yeah. absolutely. You know, take a country song, turn it into a rock song. Take a rock song, turn it into a country song. Take a, take a uh, Jerry Lee Lewis song. And turn it into a modern day rock song or alternative rock song. Those, those are the, I think those are the covers that, that end up transcending the original song and uh, making them fun. Like when Alien Ant Farm came and did Smooth Criminal. You, oh, yeah. you know, it wasn't a knockoff of Smooth Criminal. It was just that's, and I don't know why that's the one that I thought of right now, <laughs> but that's just one example. And when you can do that, when you can take a song that people are familiar with, change it completely and make it yours and have people go, I love that song. I never thought I would like it a different way than the way it originally was, but I really love what you did with it. Then I feel like you accomplished something in the way of covers. But originals, of course, are where it's at because that's where your creative efforts go. When, sure. you, when you take your own hopes and dreams and feelings and thoughts and, and, and turn them into music. Yeah. If you had to pick one song that you believed meant the most to you on a personal level that you've written so far, one that really you poured everything into, which one would you say it was? Ooh. Um... There's so many of them, right? Yeah, I guess it depends. <laughs> I guess... Like, what's the Stephanie anthem? With this... The anthem? What's the Stephanie song? What is the... <clears> like, <throat> this song is Stephanie, completely through and through. Is If we had to play one song and tell us who you were, which one would it be so far? Okay. Um, I would have to say... Oh, shoot. <laughs> well, I, all I keep thinking about is this new album. I can't even remember what was on my well, old ones for well, whatever you reason. You can pick one off the new one. Um, but Common Man off there is probably one mm-hmm. of the ones I connect with the most in a sense of the place that I had to be to get to that level of, of writing. Um, it was like a, a deeper process um, 
I put myself in a really dark hole for a little while and then channeled some things and uh, lived it for a minute. Uh, but Most people write the music to get themselves out of the dark hole. They don't put themselves <laughs> in it to write the music. That, that, that takes a lot of discipline. Yeah, it's really hard for me to pick one because I guess I, I connect with all of them on just such so many different story levels that I... You know, like today I might say common man, and then next time I'll say something completely else. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, yeah. So would you say that that song represents a, a sadness, a happiness? What does what what does that song do for you? Um, a strive for for some change, I guess. I want to hear that one now. Should we should we play that yeah. one? Then? Yeah, yeah um, it's a five-minute one. Is that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. We've got we've got time for music here tonight. Okay. Absolutely. And I love good music, and I love introducing new music to our All listeners. Right. This is Common Man. Yeah, let's go. We could trust has been filled with a depression. 
outstanding. A lot of emotion in that. <laughs> what goes through your mind when you're listening to it? Um, I mean, you know, I've kind of watching a little bit while you listen to your music. I mean, I always, I always wonder what you know. Are you yeah. are you, are you look, listening to the mix of it at all, or is you listening to the words, or when I'm listening back to it? Yeah, yeah. Um, the word, I guess, all of it in all general. Okay. Yeah. Is it hard to sit and listen to your music with people? Is it? Do you yeah. find, do you find <laughs> it like, it's kind of weird? It's <laughs> awkward, isn't it? Like, oh gosh, that's me. <laughs> is that me? Is that what? That's I... you, and you're good. <laughs> you're really good. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's kind of same. You know, when, when we do some acting as well, you know, yeah. it's just like you know, people talk. Oh, that was great. I'm like. I'm so uncomfortable with that sometimes. You yeah. Know? I mean, it's like, oh, you were so good up there. It made me laugh so hard. Speaking of this, we were talking on the way here, and it mm-hmm. was bothering me. The first time I met you, was that at Sixth Street Theater for Theater Schmitter? Yeah, was you, that, you did one of our shows. That, okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I couldn't remember if we had met before that, but I feel like we just it, met It was there around we, that time. I think yeah. we met before that, possibly. Okay. But uh, we got to know each other better, obviously, after yeah. you oh, did. Oh, that was such a good oh, time. Oh, my God, yeah, because we did like a Saturday Night Live type of show. At Sixth Street Theater, with, oh, you with live with mm-hmm. live music, and so we had different bands that would come in for each show, and very um, close to what we're talking yeah. about developing right, right. now. Yeah, and and uh, you guys did it twice for us. Yes, you did it twice. Yeah. The second time uh, was was great as well. My mother came to the show. Oh, you know, and I go. So what what do you think about the band? She goes, they were interesting. <laughs> <laughs> She's like in the late seventies, you know. She's uh-huh. like, they were, they were interesting. Yeah. <laughs> you definitely have that 80s punk feel to you, but a little more refined. Mm-hmm. I would In- say. Interesting. You know, yeah. I, I hear, um, well, you said Misfits earlier mm-hmm. as an influence. I hear a little Femmes in there even, a little bit of, um, I'm trying to think of some of the other some of the other groups that I listened to because it was so long ago. Yeah. But uh, I yeah I feel like I want to put on a black leather jacket and some spikes, you know. <laughs> there you go. Break out, yeah. break out Sid Vicious and the Sex Pistols. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's good, and I mean that in, in the most complimentary way. It's got its own. It's, it's got that rawness to it that yeah. you don't have mm-hmm. in, in in most commercially you know, popular music nowadays. Yeah. That there you know there was a time when that stuff got some radio play. You had uh, I'm trying to, the Kinks. You had mm-hmm. uh, oh yeah. You know, and uh, help me out here, Jim. Who am I thinking of? I don't know. <laughs> well, oddly enough, too, a lot something? of our, we tried to incorporate, if you listen to the songs throughout the album once we get it out there, um, mm-hmm. we do try to incorporate a lot of the artists that have influenced over the years within each of the songs that we have on there. The Ramones, that was <clears> what <throat> I was trying to think of. The, the Ramones. Ramones. <clears throat> Are you a Ramones fan? Oh, yeah. Clash. The Clash. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a huge Clash fan. Love the Clash. That's a... Uh, out of all that 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 era of music, um, Clash is like right up there. Yeah, for me. yeah. I'll put this stuff on. Are okay, I mean, all, you know, appreciation for all the type of punk and. I'll put that, that on in the car now, and my my wife, who is a bit younger than me, I'll be like, "What the what the hell are you listening to?" <laughs> and I'm like, "No, no, it's really great. You got to hear it because if you didn't, if you didn't listen to it." At the time, and you did, it doesn't like take a snapshot of a certain period in your life. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's hard to uh, it's hard to relate to somebody who who it did. Right. And uh, I'm sure you have that. You have like the soundtrack of your life music that happened at different times in your life that you always go back to and listen. Uh, you know, and we have that awkward age from about 13 to 18 where you know we don't know anything. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but 13 until now. <laughs> 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 what was your uh, what, what was it that you would sit and listen to when you were uh, when you were a 
a teenager when you, oh. you needed to just get away from everything and put your earbuds and your headphones on and forget about the world what would you put on him i have been a huge i guess pearl jam fan since nice. i always can remember that's awesome um, that was always a big go-to but you know again constantly vary sometimes it was you know um dead kennedy's sometimes it was um hank williams sometimes mm -hmm. you know it just, I, i've just kind of always been all over the Touch place all. and absolutely and, yeah your your, your yeah. taste sound as varied as as mine were when i was a kid <laughs> everything from kenny rogers mm -hmm. uh, to led zeppelin to yeah. led zeppelin yeah to yeah. to the modern stuff that was that's, going on at the you know, time. That's when people ask, I'm sure they ask you as a musician, I get it as as, as a radio host, um, you know, working in, in, in music, uh, who's your favorite band? I'm like, yeah. what genre you want to talk about? Right, that's you know the hardest I mean? question. It's just like, it's you like, want my you favorite know, crooner? You want my favorite yeah, rock band? Yeah, you want you my want favorite me, country you band? You want my favorite <laughs> ska band? And, you know, what, what are we looking for here? You want my you favorite 1970s era? I mean, there's so much. Right, well, right. It's and, just, and what mood am I in right yeah, now? Yeah, well, that's it too, you know. Depends, yeah, on, my, depends, on, my depends on the day, that's the like, food. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's like your favorite food. All right. Well, we're going to take a break. All and right. we come back, we'll hear some more music from Denoma. Sounds good. Yeah. And we are all coming together here on Get Real with Ralph. That's the Beatles with Come Together on today, the 50th anniversary of the release of Abbey Road. Gotta be mm. one of my top five favorite yeah, albums of man. any group of all time. You know, and, and speaking of covers, there's some bands that play good covers. I think Aerosmith's cover of Come Together was amazing. I hated it at first. Yeah. But that was had first come out it was in the 80s. I was too married to the old one and too well, young you to know, really and, get and, it. And it came out on the on the uh, the Bee Gees, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band soundtrack. Yeah. I think that's pro probably most of the hate where the hate came from. Yeah. I mean, it's just a movie that should never been made. But years later, when I look back, mm -hmm. uh, now I love now I oh, love yeah. the Aerosmith cover of it. It's yeah. fantastic. And I've seen him perform it live, mm -hmm. and Steven Tyler is probably one of the greatest performers of all time. To get up there and still just yeah. knock it out of the park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the first rock concert I took my sons to. They were like nine and eleven and twelve, or like ten, eleven and thirteen. They were, they were like one who had just become a teenager, I think. And I said, okay, you can bring any two friends you want. He said, well, I want to bring my brothers, and I thought that was a cool oh, thing. And yeah. we went to the, um, we went to the Marcus uh, during Summerfest and watched Aerosmith play. And Cheap Trick opened up for them, and that was their first rock concert. And nice. They kind of ripped on Cheap Trick a little bit, and I said everybody everybody hates on Cheap Trick. That's that's the whole point. They're they're good enough to open up for everybody and hate on a little bit, and you you know a bunch of their songs, but you never really want to see them as your main act either. It's, it's the weirdest thing. Yeah, they're, they're great. They're I great. Mean, I, they're great, but they I've just I have history with those guys too. I mean, they're 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 they, I, play, they play Kenosha back in the day, man. I can handle they, an they, hour of them, but not two hours. Yeah, of them. yeah, yeah, yeah. Tom Peterson's really cool. He is a cool guy. He's really cool. That dude, Robin and Robin's all right. <laughs> but Tom's Tom's awesome. But Denoma, folks, the new CD will can be released when you said February. February, yeah, end of February. End of February, and, and that'll be, be available on iTunes. 
It will be, yes. Okay, right. and where else? Do you Spotify? I think we're shooting for Spotify, and yeah. Yeah, we're hoping to get some pressings out, too. We'll see. We're, we're kind of working through all the little fine details. Some Very vinyl cool. pressings? Uh, or CD I guess process. we'll just get after. Yeah, <laughs> oh, we're still working through some details. If you end up with it on vinyl, please get a hold of me, and I will make sure that I buy a copy. I, I love getting new stuff oh, on vinyl. Oh, absolutely. It's... It's like a dying art, kind of like beer making. We were talking about beer making during the break, and yeah. you said that where you're recording right now, uh, one of your friends uh, made a beer, and you, you had some before you came here a little <laughs> bit. Yeah, I couldn't tell, but uh, <laughs> beer making is fun though. It, it, you know, it's like vinyl. Like it's, it's unnecessary technically because you can download it on onto your your iPhone a lot faster. But there's something warm and cool about about playing vinyl. Oh, I agree. Something warm and cool about making your own beer. This you know, it just it it, it it connects you back with uh with your music in a mm-hmm. way that you're not you're not connected with it when you just go download a track for the mm-hmm. first time. And one of the things that is a big loss in this day and age is album sides. Yeah. You know, we were just playing Abbey Road. And the thing about mm-hmm. Abbey Road is you can play probably the last five seconds of any song and shut it off. As a matter of fact, that'd be a great game. You do that and I'll sing the opening like two words of the next song. Guarantee I can do that with any song on Abbey Road. That's a lost art. That doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. I have that discussion with everybody all the time. <laughs> I feel like it absolutely is a lost art. It's Most ruined people music. play a song here, a song here. I'm like, but have you listened to the album recently? Right. <laughs> right. 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 Oh, um, amen. I love that. I mean, it's I like taking that. some out of context, basically, you know, because yeah. hearing a single or something, I mean, especially with concept albums. And mm-hmm. if, you know, telling a story or what have you. It's like YouTube. People watch like an excerpt, like a line from a movie, and they don't watch the movie anymore. Yeah. It's yeah. the same. It's We have this short attention span society, mm-hmm. and I truly believe that the pendulum will swing the other way. People will want to be able to lock into something and just get lost in it for a little while because we've lost that. And you just see everybody like Googling or YouTubing the next mm-hmm. video and watching it and then stopping. And, go- and they're not really enjoying it. They're too busy looking for the next thing they're going to watch to enjoy what they're actually watching or listening to right now. Yeah, yeah. And with an album, what happens is you get lo- about three songs in and the rest of the world just kind of falls away for a little while. And you, you get to get lost in the music. And you can't do that if you're looking for the next song to, 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 to listen to after. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of the next songs, I want to hear Maria. Let's hear Maria. <laughs> I want to hear this song right now. And not the I West Side can't. Story version either. No. <laughs> no, no not at all. Uh, and we heard a little background on this song. That, uh, yes. That, that, that's okay. So we don't need to do anything. But hear it. Here it is. Denoma Maria.
Outstanding. Very cool. Well, I can see why that one means so much to you. That's uh, that it's, song's a hit. That that's uh, quite the storytelling, creating a story. Yeah, I write myself, so a lot of times it's yeah. like you have to, you know, have this in your mind. This is the backstory. This is what she's all what about. What is she feeling? What, what is, is she, she experiencing? Right, what, and... What's the experience mm-hmm. and things as such, which is uh, which is a talent. I mean, you know, to to tell that story and have that come out in this song and the way it's presented. You know, it's it's good stuff. Very good stuff. What's the name of the CD again? American Rust. American Rust. And we're looking for a February release. Yep. We're going to have a big release party. Yeah, I think we'll, we'll probably do something. Yeah, all Maybe right. You better. We're going to have something yeah. going on. <laughs> we gotta, we got to celebrate it. <laughs> Absolutely. And folks, you're hearing it for the very first time. Yes. For the very first time. Yeah, and we're currently, um, we're going to be in the studio actually Tuesday. We got our guitar player, Timmy's coming Timmy back coming in. Home. Yeah, he's coming back in um, tomorrow. Okay. So we're going to. And Timmy's been what, out, out west, right? Out in right? California, in yeah. In Oakland or? Yeah. yeah. In Oakland, that's mm-hmm. right, yeah. What was he doing out there? Um, Living. Chasing love. Life, yeah. <laughs> Chasing love. Uh, Learning, experiencing, yeah. doing cool stuff. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so he's been exploring, and mm-hmm. now he's coming home, and uh, we're going to actually put out um, an EP before we get this next album out, um, and uh, it's going to be called Three Before Three, Three Before the Third Album. Okay. Third before third album. <laughs> we're going to have three songs. Three Before Three. Three Before mm-hmm. Three. I like that. That's, a, that's catchy. <laughs> Sweet. And again, your next live show is going to be at McAuliffe's. Yep, December 14th. On December 14th. Mm-hmm. What time? Oh, I believe it's at, I think it starts at 8. I wanted to they, say. Anybody playing with you guys or just? Uh... Yes. Um, here, let me pull up the notes. Yeah, my show will be done by then. I can go to that. Yeah. <laughs> That's always the thing, too, you know, when you're when you're in different shows and, and things. Oh, I can't. I'd love to go see you play, yeah, but I have a gig. Huh. Yeah. But uh, who's, uh, who do you? Yeah, it'll be Blink, Fe- Blink Fest. Oh, Blink, right. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, Blink Fest, you said? Blink, Blink Fest, yeah. Like blankets. Yeah, they actually, there's two dates, or, let's see, so, the first, oh, I don't see a time. I want to say yeah, it starts at 8. Yeah, we can figure it out, folks. Okay, go okay, on, but on, yeah. Yeah, go on Facebook. Yeah, we're and... going to be with Ghost Machines and Sleeper Sound that okay. day. Okay. Gotcha, yeah, mm-hmm. and we're going to post that on our page as okay. well. All right, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll I, get I put the, the basics. Out. I put the basics yeah. of it out there right now, and I'll make sure that we go yeah, back absolutely. around and tweak that and get all the details in there oh thank you and uh because yeah it's exciting uh if you haven't heard them live which i haven't uh this may be the um i'll be performing that night so yeah you got a show that night yeah miracle on 34th my as i was saying earlier my my daughter is playing the little girl in the play oh and so it's her first show that was a show with adults before that she'd only done children's productions and 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 this one she's the only child in it so I auditioned for it as well and ended up in it, and I got in, got more than I bargained for. It's a lot of work. <laughs> I forgot how much work it is. It's been 27 years since I've done a, a, a full stage production, and it's uh, it's a lot of fun. Oh, but that's it, great, It's though. definitely a labor of love, though, not a leisure of love, sure. that's for sure. Well, well, feel free to sit in with us, and we're going to... We're gonna jump onto some some Beatles stuff here and some Abbey Road stuff and let's let's test our uh 
Abbey Road Knowledge. How does that sound? Yeah. So the original title for the album was going to be Everest. Did you know that? I did not know that. Yep. The uh, Packets had a silhouette. Of, uh, they used to smoke Everest cigarettes. One of the engineers did. And uh, so the Packets had a silhouette of Mount Everest on it, and the Beatles liked the imagery. But mm -hmm. uh, the idea got dropped because none of the Beatles wanted to travel to Nepal for a cover shoot. <laughs> so they instead... That was way before Photoshop. They decided to just walk across Abbey Road and take a picture at the zebra crossing. Uh, there was an idea that McCartney sketched on a piece of paper with pencil. I actually have a copy of the sketch. I'm going to try mm -hmm. and get it out there on, on our page. And he said, hey, let's just cross the street. And after they took the picture, they decided that Abbey Road would be a, a, a cool name for it. So that was it. They uh, did the uh, crossing of Abbey Road uh, in August of 1969, yeah. August 8th. At around 11.30 in the morning, freelance photographer Ian McMillan, who was a friend of John Lennon and Yoko Ono's, took the picture. And uh, they only gave him 10 minutes to take that picture. Wow. <laughs> he stood on a stepladder, and a policeman held up, held up the traffic. That's great. I'm looking at the picture right now. and uh, The sketch? No, the picture. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And that was around the time with the uh, Paul is Dead thing was going on. Yeah, they said that you could That's, play one of the songs backwards, yeah. and they would tell you that he was dead. But that was on a, that was on the Let It Be album, I think. I can't remember what track it was, and I'm not going to Google it now. We don't we don't have to do that. But uh, I definitely remember that the whole conspiracy theory about mm -hmm. Paul being and, dead. And, and then that picture, he's out of step with the other ones, and he's barefoot. Yep. And then there's the VW Bug with uh, twenty uh, if twenty eight. Is that what it was? Yep. He would have been twenty eight years old. Paul wore sandals for the first two shots, but afterwards he took them off and walked barefoot. And uh, that action became one of the clues in the Paul is Dead myth, which began in September 69. And um, McCartney later explained that he began the shoot wearing sandals, but it was a hot day, so he kicked them off. And then the, uh, the license plate on the VW was also supposedly some clue that uh, the, the 28IF was some sort of cryptic clue that he was, that he was dead. How weird. Yeah. And kids, kids those days were weird. Yeah, We're uh, just saying kids these days, isn't that, uh, isn't that something? Interesting. So, yeah, they made a big deal out of everything. And then, um, remember, um, back in the 90s, everybody loved Oasis and thought they were, like, a, because of their Beatles influence. So they actually used the same police van license plate number for their 1997 album cover. Hmm. Interesting. But my favorite stuff is the actual music itself. Yeah. They never performed this live. I didn't know that. No, they, right. they, in fact, they most of their music that is the most popular stuff they did, they never performed because you they, never, you never they seen, stopped touring. You never saw Sgt. Pepper's live. They never did Sgt. Pepper's live. They never toured. I mean, they never they, toured from Let It Be on. Yeah. Well, yeah, 1966 was the last time they had played, and that was uh, the Cow Palace in uh, San Francisco in 66. So after they, stopped, after they stopped playing, they had Let It Be... They had Sgt. Pepper's, they had the White Album, and they had Abbey Road, all four albums. None of that music, which was ever performed live by the Beatles. It's been performed live by Paul McCartney with his various bands over the years, and it's been uh, performed by Ringo Starr with his band over the years, some mm -hmm. of the music. But uh, the only time that Paul and Ringo even played that together was a couple of years ago when they had that that concert for, yeah. for their anniversary. Come Inter together. Interesting, interesting. 50 years, right. folks, uh, the number one album on Billboard charts this week 50 years ago. Now, I did notice, Stephanie, a little Beatles trick, and actually came along before the Beatles, but on your song, Maria, that you doubled up the lead. 
on your uh, <laughs> on your uh, on your recording, and I, I picked that up. Right? Did you pick that up? The double up lead. I did. And uh, <laughs> awesome. I love that. that. That's a trick that they really started doing in the '60s, mm-hmm. and uh, it's something that that has stuck because it creates that chorus-like effect uh, with just one voice. Yeah. But I, I I I picked up on that immediately. And this song is this song is one of the most one of the first mm-hmm. very popular songs that had a double up lead on it. Right. Did you know that, Jim? I did not know that. I learned so much on this show. Wild, weird stuff there, Ed. That's wild, <laughs> wacky stuff. That's wild. Okay, we just got a couple minutes left here in, in the big show. Um, how about another Denoma song to take us out? One more Denoma song to take us out. All right. This is, gonna, uh, this is going to be uh, track eight, Road Song. Is there anything you want to say about Road Song, Stephanie? Every rock album needs a car song. Yeah, that's <laughs> all that needs to be said, folks. And we are going to uh, take that to the end with Denoma uh, and Road Song. Thanks for tuning in to Get Real with Ralph. I'm Ralph Nudie. Good night.